0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship. Welcome to um, the second week of Advent here at Sunrise as we celebrate Advent together. Um, my name is Dan. I'm the worship director. Excited to have you guys here to worship with us. Why don't you guys stand as we sing and, and prepare our hearts. Um, hear these words from uh, Luke 2. I think it's appropriate as we sing some Christmas hymns this morning. We're going to start off with Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So you hear these words from Luke 2. suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So as we sing, let's join with heaven, the angels in heaven this morning, singing glory to God together.
1: I sing. Hark the herald, Angels sing glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. Angelic broke proclaim Christ is born. i
2: The bleak
1: midwinter, all creation groans for a world in darkness, frozen like a stone, light is breaking in a stable for a throne, and he shall reign forevermore. As I am, I would give to Him my heart. and He shall reign forevermore. baby born for sacrifice Christ the messiah it's you are hope you are peace the savior
0: you for your son, Jesus. As we're here this Sunday, the second week of Advent, we wait in anticipation, Jesus, for your coming, for your birth. And I pray that, that that sense of longing and anticipation would even increase as the days go on, as we have week three and week four of Advent, and then we celebrate ultimately on Christmas Day. God, grow this anticipation, this uh, longing on our hearts for Jesus. We celebrate you today. We worship you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. My name is Dan Dupuy. I'm the worship director here at Sunrise, but also the community life director. I'd like to help people feel connected and engaged here at Sunrise. If you happen to be visiting this morning for the first time, um, we welcome you. Thank you for hanging out with us. There is a QR code on some of the chairs in front of you, Um, You can scan that. That'll bring you to our website where you can fill out this short little form with a couple of questions that we'd love for you to answer. And then we would love to answer any questions you may have to help you feel welcome here at Sunrise. And also for those of you worshiping with us online, same thing, there'll be a link that pops up. You can click on that, bring you to the same exact spot on our website. little connection card you guys can fill out and we'd love to um, just welcome you. We have a gift to send you later this week if you fill out that form, but also if you're here in service for the first time, you can head back to the connect table after the service and pick up a little gift as well. So a little bit of swag for you. Um, So a couple of announcements, like I said, um, that I want to bring to your attention as we kind of get through this Christmas season. Um, Pub Theology, we are meeting once again this this Tuesday night at six thirty at Hudsonville Grill. So meet us out there. Um, Noah will be Noah will be once again leading us. We had a great time last month, so join us, men, for that. Um, next next Sunday is the kids. Uh, and students' takeover service. We've done this for the past several years where the kids come up on stage, sing a song that they've been prepping, and actually I'm going to have some of the youth join us on the worship team that Sunday to sing as well. And there'll be youth and kids kind of taking all sorts of leadership spots all throughout the service, out in the lobby greeting. So it's always a fun Sunday, so please join us for that next Sunday. Kids and youth, you'll be getting a little bit more info on when to arrive and those details from Tanner and Penny this week. So watch for that. And lastly, for the Sunrise Youth as well, um, December 15th, so coming up, is your Christmas party. So Tanner made sure that I know that you guys need to make sure you wear your ugliest Christmas sweater. So join us, join um, on that December, December 15th for your Christmas party, youth. That is it for me. Um, so I want to welcome up to the stage Jesse. Jesse is um, our visiting pastor this week he is joining us from Thornapple I'm going to get it Thornapple Community Church here we go I always want to I told I want to say Thornapple Kellogg we have a good friend that um teaches in Thornapple Kellogg schools that's always in my head um but no um also a friend of Noah's who um goes to seminary at Calvin Theological Seminary so Jesse we're excited to have you preach here with us so welcome
3: good morning Welcome, and thank you for welcoming me into this space to preach to you God's Word from uh, Judges 5 here at Sunrise. Also, shout out to Noah once again. Thanks for for reaching out to me, dude. Um, I'll be continuing our Songs of Redemption series as we continue to move throughout Advent. Last week, you got to hear an awesome message from Jody, and my guess is you'll begin to see a pattern as we continue to move throughout God's story. But my, my ultimate hope is that you begin to see Jesus in, in more of a light through this theme of redemption. Uh, like I said, today we're going to be hearing from Judges 5, but before I read Judges 5, I want to provide a little bit of context and also a warning. Viewer's discretion is advised no book of the bible is more chaotic or violent than the book of judges in fact like the if we were to summarize this book in a sort of a key theme it'd be everything turned upside down everything you'd expect including morality is often flipped on its head so let's do a quick refresher uh, on the narrative just before our passage judges 4 which i couldn't help but notice uh, the Hexagonal tiles? Sure, we'll call, it, we'll call them that. Uh, you guys have, have heard Judges 4 preached before, so hopefully this isn't this is somewhat uh, uh, this is information you've heard before. So Israel had done what was right in their own eyes again, but Deborah, Deborah had risen as a prophet and a judge who would speak for God in these dark times. She told Barak, one of Israel's leaders, that Israel would defeat their Canaanite overlords, but the glory would not belong to him. The glory would not belong to Barak. It would not belong to him, but to a woman, she tells him. Jabin, the king of Canaan at this time, sent his general Sisera along with 900 chariots to silence the israelite noise about redemption. But you see, God showed up that day. He sunk the chariots deep in mud leaving Sisera's army defenseless and exposed. Then comes the key moment in this battle. Sisera, you know, he's on the run now. He's exhausted, he's tired. He comes to a the tent of someone called uh, Heber the Kenite. Now Heber isn't home, but his wife is. Enter Jael. Jael offers hospitality to Sisera. He lays down to rest, and while he's somewhat asleep, she puts a blanket over his head, and then comes the key moment. Jael grabs the tools. Which she knew very well from her time working around the tent. Now, weathered from years of use, she grabs a tent peg and a hammer, and she pounds the peg through Sisera's temple. I don't know about you, but I love to see how children's Bible stories sort of reimagine scripture. <laughs> I'm glad we have some fans of that too. I I like to see what they leave out and also what they keep in in one particular animated Bible story uh, on our scripture today. uh, Sisera, he's running away uh, and and then there's JL. JL kindly lets him into the tent with a smile. (laughs) Uh, And then Barak comes and JL brings him to Sisera's body. Like, how did how did that happen? <laughs> no big deal. But that actually misses the point here. So Judges 4, we're to summarize, Judges 4 ends by saying, That day God humiliated King Jabin. Alright, so we did our refresher. What you're going to hear now is the story recounting these events. It's, it's a song. It's a song about what happened that day when God humiliated the Canaanites. And sadly, I won't be able to sing this song, but maybe that's a good thing. Um, So let's hear God's word from Judges 5. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I, even I, will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. When you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose, a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders when war came to the city gates, but not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates, Wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, Barak, take captive your captives, son of Abinoam. The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Makir, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with with Barak, sent under his command into the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheep pens? To hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast. He stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives, so did Naphtali, on the terraced fields. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought. At Tanakh, by the waters of Megiddo, they took no plunder or silver. From heaven's from the heavens, the stars fought. From their courses, they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away. The age-old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horse's hooves, galloping, galloping go his mighty steeds. Curse mer said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought to him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answers her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, are they not dividing and finding the spoils? A woman or two for each man? Colorful garments as plunder for Sisera. Colorful garments embroidered. Highly embroidered garments for my neck. All this is plunder. So may all your enemies perish, Lord. But may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace for 40 years. This is the word of the Lord. Now, that was a long reading. Are you still with me? We're good? All right. I want you to think of your, I don't know, your your favorite action movie hero. Uh, The Marvel universe is sort of a good example for, for many kids today of a ever-expanding universe and now multiverse, apparently. I don't know how that works. Um, of uh, CGI animated action-packed movies and heroic legends. Something I've, I've thought about and, and noticed about these uh, heroic movies and stories is they're maybe not as compelling or amazing as we think they are. Now, if any... PSA: Any Marvel fans out there? Please don't hate me. I'm a Marvel fan too. I still like the movies. But but think think with me. You know, Tony Stark, he's Iron Man, he still has his his power suit. Thor has his god-like powers. Captain Marvel has her own superpowers. I think we would be surprised to find that to find out if the bad guy was defeated by like an extra on the cast. Growing up, my family and I would watch the movie trilogy based on Tolkien's classic, The Lord of the Rings. Do I have any Lord of the Rings fans out there? They're decreasing in number these days. I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> of course, it's easy to make posters and action figures of the, the ranger king, uh, his name's Aragorn, or maybe the, the wise wizard, Gandalf, who has magical powers, but you know, he's, also, he's also a warrior. He always comes in at the, the right moment to save the day. But strangely, it's, it's none of these characters that ends up defeating evil in the end. Instead, it's a rather small, non-warrior-like, house-dwelling creature known as a hobbit. Frodo is the name of this particular hobbit. He's the one that defeats the evil Sauron by destroying the notorious ring of power. In other words, the powers of evil are humiliated by the character that is considered weak and unexpected. And I think this is the point. I think this is exactly the kind of story that God loves to see and God loves to use in order to redeem his people. Imagine with me now as the Israelites recounted their need for this kind of redemption. The days of Ehud, who was the previous judge, the days when Ehud brought peace to Israel seemed so distant. Families huddled in their tents, keeping a low profile. They might have said to themselves, We can't even travel the main roads. Robbers and assaulters no longer lurk in the, in the shadows, but, but seize people in broad daylight. Remember when the tribes of Israel were one? The days of Moses seem like a, a myth at this point. Many of the tribes seem to be in hiding. Soldiers have put away their weapons in shame. There's no power in Israel, they might say. Yahweh, our God, has forgotten us. We might as well be slaves in Egypt since we are still captive in our own land, to Jabin and his puppet Sisera. The men of Canaan, King Jabin's mighty warriors, pillage and take whatever they desire. They are like the enemies of old that lived in this land, giant men who took the daughters of Israel for themselves. They would kill the sons and take the daughters of Israel for their own pleasure. God must be far off. Maybe he's completely forgotten about his people. When chaos and evil are everywhere, it can seem as if God is nowhere to be found. Chaos and evil. I want to I briefly tease out these two realities for us. The first is chaos. A major theme in Deborah's song is sort of the, the lack of unity in Israel. Now, you don't need me to explain how disunified our nation is, let alone our families. When we're disunited, we feel powerless. Chaos is when we can't really tell which way is up and which way is down. It makes us feel defenseless and distant from healthy community. And then there's evil. Sometimes evil, you know, it takes the form of a, a tyrannical ruler and his oppressive army. But sometimes evil is hiding in plain sight, in unusual places. Meet Diana. See, Diana was a 17-year-old uh, when her uncle offered her a job at a local bar in South America. She would sell drinks illegally as a minor, but that wasn't near the worst of it. One day, the owners of the bar threatened Diana with violence and extortion unless she sold herself and her body to the bar customers. She was forced to comply On one weekend, she was sexually violated 50 times by men in her community, men who she knew at the time. Evil. It destroys life and it corrupts communities. The story you just heard is an extreme example, but that same curse of evil can creep its way into our communities too. In subtle ways, we can experience and perpetuate that same curse through lies, through manipulation, through abusing our neighbors. And we're kind of left thinking, like, what? So what do we do about evil? What do we do about the problem of evil? And if you've been on the receiving end, if you've had a close encounter with evil, you know that there aren't easy solutions to make things right. When God shows up to deal with evil, he means business. Notice the God-focused language of this song that you heard read. Deborah and Barak sing not of the glory of battle, but how God dealt with evil in their days. God himself marches out from his holy mountain in wrath. He sends rain down from heaven. Barak, whose name means lightning, also ascends down the mountain. We have sort of this picture, rain and lightning, um, two things that follow God's mighty acts. It's like the, the days of Noah when God sent the flood to bring judgment down upon his people's enemy. Even the stars, which represent the heavenly beings, fight for God to defeat the powers of darkness in the land. And like the waters of the Exodus, which we heard about last week, the chariots of Sisera are stopped in their tracks. But this isn't even the climax of the story. It's when Sisera, fleeing the battle, comes to the tent of Jael. You know the story from here. Jael crushes the head of the enemy In doing so, God has used her to redeem his people again. Not from mere human beings, but from the curse that has threatened his people from the beginning. No longer could Sisera take advantage of women like her after his battles. To reference this, the Hebrew text adds a a bit of twisted irony as he falls dead between her feet, or if you will, Between her legs. God utterly humiliates the powers of evil through Jael. I think Paul had this story in mind when he says that God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important, so that no one can boast in his presence. It's J.L., the non-Israelite, tent-dwelling woman, who becomes a pattern of the Messiah. Deborah's song echoes back to uh, prophecies from the beginning. Genesis 3.15 speaks of an offspring of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. The source of evil. I have little doubt in my mind that Jesus knew Deborah's song by heart. Jesus, our Messiah, would march out from Galilee, the very land of this scene, to proclaim God's victory. Jesus could see the heavenly beings waging war over the kingdom arriving in his midst. Jesus came to reverse what the powers of darkness had done to Israel, his people, and to the world. He won this battle, not by, not by waging a mere human war, but he won this battle by having stakes driven into his body, by having thorns pressed into his head. Jesus was crushed. And yet, how he defeated evil was by coming out of the other side of death to deliver the final blow to the powers of darkness. He crushed the head of that age-old serpent to rescue us from its rule in our life. Now, Diana's story doesn't end where we left it, thank goodness. She was eventually rescued by police. And she was so grateful for her rescue and people treating her with such kindness that she wanted to do likewise. See she was so impacted that she wanted to spend the rest of her life as a police officer, rescuing girls that were just like her and Diana in so in so doing this, she is becomes a beacon of light which proves that the powers of darkness, the powers of evil, are not in charge here. God uses people like Diana, people like J.L., to utterly humiliate the powers of darkness. His power, is God's power, is revealed in stories like these. Notice whether or not his people, or all of his people, are involved. God is sovereign and. God is, here and now, unifying humanity and humiliating the powers of darkness through His Son, Jesus the Messiah. He's doing this in the church right now. So let's let's respond to Deborah's song of redemption with our own praise. Whenever God rids our lives of evil, whenever He brings us together, Let's praise Him. Now, we're going we're gonna to continue to praise God, but before we do, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, You are the one who redeems. Thank You for continuing to redeem us when we stumble into chaos and evil. We ask for Your forgiveness for participating in the curse of sin. Thank You for sending Your Son into the world to destroy The works of the evil one. Continue to strengthen your church through your spirit. You are worthy of all of our praise. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jesse. We're going to continue in worship. Like Jesse said, we're going to sing, we're going to praise. Uh, But we'll also use this time to um, give back, to give of our tithes and offerings to Jesus, to the Lord. Um, We won't be formally passing a a bucket or a plate or anything, but we will have uh, the bucket at the back. You can put that in at the end um, of the service, or you can scan that QR code as well and give online at our website. Let's keep in a a worshipful mindset and, and sing and praise our God today.
2: Do you wish that you could see Let's stand together. Oh, creation. Is new.
3: now go from this place and be God's redemption in the world prove the powers of darkness prove to them that they are not the ones who are in charge but Jesus Christ Amen